Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Phantom Power Business Hour. It's a Monday, so that means it's the business hour, right? This is a value cast, which is a lot cooler than a podcast. It's a value cast because you, the listener, can send Satoshis directly to the artists and the guests that are on the show, as well as the podcast host. And if you love what we do, we would sure love a donation. Satoshis are fantastic for that. Thank you very much. So really cool show today. We're actually going to be talking about Ethereum and NFTs. And we are going to be talking with a singer-songwriter who lives here in Nashville. She was born in Italy and her name is Violetta Zeroni. And she is absolutely crushing it in the Ethereum and the NFT space. And I really don't know a whole heck of a lot about it, uh, but I've had a couple of conversations with her uh, around town and I'm just blown away uh, by her business sense, by her drive. And then of course, wait till you hear her music. Oh my God. Wait till you hear the, the string section on this on the tune you're about to hear. So if you are curious about Ethereum and NFTs and the secondary sales and Parrot Radio and all this stuff, this is going to be a great interview for you to check out. But before we bring Violetta on the show, let's check out this beautiful song called Moonshot, and then we will bring her on the show. You ready? Here we go. the universe and circle around the sun to find that little part of my heart I've never known and I would give up everything I would defy gravity cause something's out there telling me I am not alone and I would travel far and wide to reach my
everybody thank you so much for joining us today on the phantom power business hour we've got an artist who's going to join us on the business hour and she is a singer songwriter in the web3 space who uh, has been on billboard for 10 consecutive months and the beauty of all of that is it's all web3 and if you were to dive in and look on spotify for her you're not going to see her there you might find some of some playlists she made a couple of years ago but would you please welcome violetta zaroni here in nashville to the show violetta thank you for joining us thank you so much for having me jim very excited and i uh, yeah. make this happen yeah yeah you are i mean you and i met at bitcoin park uh, a couple of months ago and I follow you on Twitter and you've got an amazing community of supporters and you are all about the NFT space and, and Ethereum and you're starting to do, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, like, uh, you know, I'm going to ask a bunch of stupid questions and I'm probably going to say things absolutely wrong. Please feel free to correct me. Um, and, and now you're getting into ordinals on the Bitcoin side, correct? Yeah, that, that's correct. I would say um, I started with Ethereum and I stuck with it and I, I'm still on Ethereum, very much so. Um, but obviously, kind of uh, the first quarter last year, I, um, I found out about ordinals, which were these very, you know, immutable, solid Bitcoin NFTs. And so I've been I've been diving into that quite deeply. Um, so yeah, in the I would say in the past nine months or so, that's been my main focus of research, really, ordinals, because it's very it's more complicated than Ethereum in a way of you know that NFTs work, but we can get into that. But yes. Wow. Okay. I, I wasn't expecting to hear that they're more complicated. Um, so let's start at the very beginning. Let's go back to because you you are you really are a great writer, man. Like you remind me, and, and I love your voice. You're kind of like um you heard of katie malua out of uh london i love i love katie malua yeah oh i love katie um you're like when i listen to your stuff it reminds me of her and it also reminds me of diana crawl um but let's go back to the beginning of of, of your songwriting and 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 the beginning of your artistic career give, give us a, l a little background on on how you started musically and how you started writing yeah, so, well, I grew up in Italy. I'm born and raised Italian, and I started playing music when I was very young, about five years old. Um, and I, I'm classically trained. 
So piano was my first instrument. I did 10 years of classical training. Um, and then sort of in my teens, after picking up the guitar uh, on my own, I started writing original songs and I was I was playing in a couple bands. Uh, my dad's a musician as well. So we were playing nice. together uh, as you do, right? When you have a musician dad, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so that the, the dad is always excited. Oh my God, my daughter wants to do music, let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, so that happened to me. And then uh, when I was 18 and I was still in high school, I auditioned for X Factor Italy, the talent yeah. show. Um, and I passed the auditions and I ended up like getting to the, all the way to the final uh, of the show. Um, and wow. yeah, it, it was great. It was great. It was an amazing experience and I was still very young and, uh, it was a very, you know, crash intensive crash course on how does the music industry work? Because in the space of three months I was glorified and then, I was rejected and then I was I had my first encounters with major labels and middlemen who all told me you either do what I tell you or I'm not going to work with you. So everything mm. happened in these 3 months. I ended up signing a record deal um with a major label that was wow. affiliated with Sony, yep, and again I was only 18 and no experience whatsoever and I didn't realize that the kind of contracts that they offer to these talent show people, artists are what you call 360 degrees contracts, meaning they just mm-hmm. cut everything you do um, yep. as long as you are with them and even longer sometimes. So um, yeah, I just, it was, a, it was a terrible contract that they offered me, but they said, hey, we wanna make five albums with you and like make you a star, whatever. I know five albums is a lot. Wow, damn. Yeah. You hadn't even lived enough for five albums yet, right? Exactly, exactly. But I was excited and I was 18 and I was by myself without a lawyer in their office the day after the final and I just signed it. You know what it takes normally to sign any deal? You have to, there's like months of negotiation, right? But yeah, I just fell for it really bad. But, you know, I was only 18. So I'm glad I did this because I was young and I had time to, learn and get out of it and i'm glad i got you know that out of the way early on so i knew what i didn't want for the future and i think that was really the start um you know my really bad experience with the label because then what happened over the next couple years the label uh shelved me as they say right Mm -hmm. they produced a record um it turns out you know they didn't like it or it was too late the momentum was gone and they just kept me there doing nothing for two years doing really dirty things as well like in terms of you know lying to me and things like that it was just really bad but i was able to get out of it thankfully because they didn't actually fulfill their duties of the contract which was we have to release this album yeah and they did so i was able to get out but i think that was the start of you know, me really not agreeing uh, with the rules of the game, of the music industry, Um, how an artist should behave if they want to fit into those narratives. I'm glad that happened because it led me here. And the eight years after that, I was just always independent, um, independent artists. I had, you know, independent managers and I did sign a publishing deal. I regret, kind of regret doing that too, but anyway, (laughs) Um, 
but you know I, I was able to have a lot of experiences and tour i i mostly made my income through touring and i played all over europe hundreds of shows and i wrote songs for movies and commercials i acted in movies myself i'm 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 in a couple films as well and just diversified a lot in everything that i was doing so that's my background but yeah 10 years of you know full time independent artist kind of career is what i'm coming from really wow okay so you're out of the label and did you, and then you're out of the publishing deal and what now we, we talked a little bit about this when we met last fall what sparked your interest in getting your music in, onto nfts and and what put you on this path of uh, cryptocurrencies with your music yeah it's a good question because it like um so what happened was of course the pandemic was in right and it was it was really impossible i wasn't making any money like things were were not working out for me and music was my full-time job right so it was like yeah i was lucky that i was in germany that they have a really good support system for artists there when they need it so i was able to you know get by but it was really hard and but mostly it was hard emotionally right because the world was changing also the music industry as i knew it uh was changing because now you had TikTok, right and TikTok and all that stuff you had mm -hmm. that was the main focal point for anyone giving you any opportunities and i just didn't feel like that was that i fit into that you know i didn't want to go and do TikTok dances or miming to my own songs doing silly things yeah. like it's just not something i saw myself doing and I, to me it wasn't worth it you know i, I always said if if you're going to do music it's really hard you have to love it Otherwise, like you love, you have to love everything about it. Otherwise, it's not worth it. To me, that wasn't worth it. So yeah. I gave myself actually a one-year deadline, and I said, if in the next year nothing happens that like gives me a clear sign of this moving forward, I'm gonna pursue a different career. You know, mm -hmm. I'm gonna do music as a as pleasure, but I'm gonna pursue a different job. And so I came to Nashville. And I wasn't living in Nashville yet. I was living in Germany. I came to Nashville and recorded uh, my album, Moonshot, five songs here at Sound Emporium in, in Nashville. Mm -hmm. uh, with some amazing musicians. It's a good studio. It's oh, a yeah. Good studio. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, with my co-writer and Matt Rawlings is the producer. He's a Willie Nelson's producer. So I, we really went all out yeah. to like make this work. And I was like, okay, I'm going to push this record to see if I can get some, get it somewhere. Like I have no concrete plans. Labels are turning me down. Everyone's turning me down, but we'll see. I have faith. And then I go home for Christmas and my mom of all people tells me about NFTs. And she doesn't like, she doesn't own any Bitcoin, no Ethereum, nothing. She just knew about it because she's very well informed. <laughs> so, so she was like, before you quit, you should try this because yeah. you know you only have six months in your imaginary deadline so you want to check it out you know and i so i jumped right in you know and and immediately i realized that there was a community of people that were buying art online whether it's you know pfp art you know monkeys or or yeah. whatever like fine art or music for the sake of owning it now what let, let, let's back up real quick get what's pfp art because pfp is picture for proof um profile picture that's what they call okay. them 
all right, all right, all right. Okay, good. Keep so going. like, you know, board apes and, you know, crypto yeah. and all those NFTs, avatars, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, people were buying those, but also just fine art and music for the sake of owning it, right? Because what happens with tokens on the blockchain, whether it's an ordinal or an NFT, um, you have verified authenticity and ownership of that mm -hmm. token. It's something mm -hmm. that with music is not a thing anymore, right? Because we stream and that's yeah. it. We borrow and we don't own anything and nothing is authentic. So, uh, yeah, I, I jumped right in and in the space of a couple of months, I had, um, basically built a small community and playing on Twitter spaces all the time, live performing. Um, and I dropped my first collection, Moonshot, 2,500 uh, NFTs. We just had $1 million in secondary volume. So, yeah. I saw that and I'm stunned by it. And so, so people who don't understand, I mean, that's secondary volume. We're not talking primary volume. Um, so now when I go on your marketplace, when I go on your website, and I click into your marketplace and I can see that that I can buy into Moonshot for 0.1 mm -hmm. uh, Ethereum, which is about 230 bucks. Is that right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. And then on the secondary marketplace, that means that if you that if if I own Moonshot and I sell it to somebody else, that you can still make a cut on that, correct? Yeah, we have uh, ten percent royalties set. Okay. Um the royalties unfortunately um are not on chain um because mm. it wasn't available at the time when we minted moonshot it was something that was uh really solidified later on so the royalties are just kind of down to the marketplace that uh you're selling it on kind of like ordinals it's the same way you don't have royal royalties on chain for ordinals but a marketplace can set them uh up you know for people so yeah we have 10 percent Okay. Now, also, when I look at your collection, Moonshot, I see five songs, 2,500 unique artworks, and, the, yeah. and then you separate them out into different rarity frames. So does that mean there's only 2,500 copies right now of Moonshot that you have for sale? Is that correct? That's right. And there's only ever going to be 2,500. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, Papa Zeroni did the illustrations yeah. for it right yes that's some did. cool stuff man that's <laughs> really cool stuff your dad's really talented fellow that's really neat okay so you did so M moonshot was the first one that was the first collection and you launched that in april of 22. yep um that and that's there's also a full album on moonshot like how, it, 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 explain to me how that works like you got a five song moonshot uh eth but then you also have the full record correct yeah so the way we did it basically the full album that you see uh so if people are gonna check out my marketplace they're gonna see everything that i have available for mm -hmm. sale and they are different price points obviously moonshot is obviously a little more expensive you know 230 bucks is not for everybody uh but yeah. we we give out some free nfts um to current holders, depending on like how many NFTs they had back like summer last year, two years ago, summer, two years ago, if you had like all the five songs from the Moonshot original collection, then you would get a free mint of a different kind of token. It's called an 1155 token, which means it's like the same NFT, but re replicated a bunch of times. You can, have, 
you can have different images on an 1155 is that right on an 1155 it's one image whereas the 721 token which is what you see with my dad's illustration with all the different the 2500 those are 721 tokens meaning they are unique tokens each and every one of them they okay. have different images whereas an 1155 is one token that's just copied however many times you want so okay. we okay. just get those kinds of tokens for free to people and we knew they were going to be at a cheaper price point and they're very easy to purchase you know it, it's all the same and just kind of for them to have almost like for them to be my record store right so if you jim wanted to go get my full album you know and you weren't so interested in the utility or the different artworks but you just wanted to play through all five songs like a cd you could mm -hmm. just go get that one but you can only buy it from my collectors because they have it i don't have any and they got it for free so you're mm -hmm. giving them Basically, oh. I was giving them value. You know what I mean? I delegate them to be my sales. <laughs> they are your record stores. Right. Okay. okay. Now, do, here's a stupid question for you. And I told you I was going to ask dumb questions. And here's no, no question. <laughs> so do you have to uh, attach a piece of art to one of these NFTs? Or, or, or to, to one of these songs? Like, I mean, you, you can just upload a song, can't you? Yeah, I mean, yes, you can totally upload just an MP3. A lot of people do that. Okay. Um, or music videos as well. Music videos, mm. mixtapes, um, whatever you want, really. I like to do art because, I mean, music and visual art goes very well together. You know, they go very well to ever since you could print records. Um, and also for the way I've built my ecosystem, I utilize the variations in the artworks to kind of create a reward system uh, amongst mm. my community members. So, um, yeah, and they love the art, you know, they really do. Like it's yeah. fun for them to have, like for you to have a unique copy of a song that you like with your own artwork nobody else has, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and for, for anybody who's listening who, who doesn't know Violetta and doesn't follow her on Twitter, first of all, do that. But what, uh, on your Twitter, like I've I've seen you go around the country, and do house shows, do private shows. You did a cruise with your listeners. Is that right? That's like, right. <laughs> I mean, anybody who thinks that this isn't a viable um, business uh, model, or who thinks that uh, you cannot live off of this, you are incorrect. Um, look at what Violetta is doing here. I mean, I mean, this like you're doing this full time. This is your gig now, right? It is. Yeah. And it's funny because I moved to Nashville. I haven't played a single show in town because I'm just doing this. I just don't have time, you know? I love that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, you know, God, you know, gigs in Nashville are, are really weird. Like, I mean, we could go on for hours about, you know, playing on, uh, broadway or versus the, the the few clubs around town that do original music things like that so um sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you on that one that the other point that i wanted to bring up real quick um you talked about earlier about in this in this discovery phase and and how you didn't want to be an artist that focuses on TikTok and doing dances and things like that and i could not agree with you more like what so many people don't understand about independent artist is um, what TikTok and Instagram does 
to the artist in a negative way. Like it forces them to become content creators, which is such a different mindset than being a songwriter. And it's so damaging. Yeah, I think in a way I'm a content creator still now, but it, I find it differently. You know, it's different. Like what I'm doing now when I create my content, even this, right? The podcast is content. It's it's in a way that I decide, you know, first yeah. of all, I yeah. decide what I want to do and what I don't want to do. And it's all very like finalized, like the ultimate goal of my content is to promote my music to sell my product, which is my music. Whereas I feel like on TikTok, what TikTok has really pushed is the artist as the product. Like you become you, your personality, every second of your mm -hmm. life that you should document on TikTok becomes the product, which yeah. I think is, is messed up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Well, let, let's get back on the, on, on Ethereum and NFTs. So, um, and again, I encourage people really to follow what she's doing. She's a great leader in this space and you can see her performing constantly and traveling constantly, um, completely outside the world of Spotify and iTunes and things like that. Um, now where, um, parrot radio is an app that people can listen to your music on. Correct. That's right. Yeah, it's it's like a music NFT player slash music gallery slash CD player. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's so I, I'm glad you brought them up. They are amazing people. And I actually met them in a Bitcoin Twitter space because they were originally on Stacks. So they were they were basically providing a music player and a gallery, virtual gallery for NFTs on Stacks. Um, and their founder uh, works at Gamma, which is the lead leading uh, art uh, platform on ordinals. So we met in the Bitcoin community, so to speak. Um, and they worked with me for six months to launch on Ethereum as well, because Ethereum has a big, bigger music community than Stacks does and then uh, Ordinals does, obviously. So they launched on Ethereum. And what you do, the, the reason why it's cool is because you don't have to connect your wallet. You can simply paste your wallet address um, and view and listen to the NFTs in your wallet in a under like a playlist form. You can create different playlists. You can, you know, put them in different folders, group them together, separate them, and just like listen while you go about your day, right? Like on Spotify, which mm -hmm. isn't possible with NFTs because you always have to go to a marketplace or a website. It's very not user friendly. With Parrot Radio, you can. Um, but the cool is that the cool thing is that I could go to your wallet. You know, I could paste Jim Costello, you know, dot ETH or whatever and listen to your music NFTs. Um, and so in that way, it's like you're being highlighted as a collector. You know what I mean? So it's okay. like highlighting ownership and patronage and everything that goes behind um, an artist putting music NFTs. And if a song is on Parrot Radio, it means that the artist has been paid. You know what I mean? Like it's not okay. a free app. And it's okay. not up to the listeners to tip. No, this NFT was bought. The artist was paid. And you can now consume the music into the collector's house. And you're highlighting the collector as well. Now, so, do, you, do you have to um, 
right, maybe you answered this and it just went over my head, but like, like, like my mom, like if my mom wanted to listen to your music and she doesn't own any Ethereum and she doesn't own an NFT or anything like that, but if she downloaded Parrot, could she listen to your music on it? She could. She would okay. just need to like paste uh, or type in an Ethereum address, like an ENS name, you know, violettazeroni.eth, and she could literally view and listen to all the music in my wallet. But I like the concept because it's like I'm co I'm going to your house to listen to your records. So it's like almost like you're a curator, you know. The collector is a curator and is curating their wallet like a music gallery, like a music museum, you know? Oh, okay. So like yeah. so I could start. All right. Yeah. So it would be like like my own little record record store, my own little spot that everybody comes over and listens to. That's it's right. Kind of like a playlist type of thing. Yeah, right? exactly. So if you had a, a sick, you know, music uh collection in your wallet on Ethereum or Stacks. Um, people may want to go exactly to your wallet because you're the only one who has those NFTs and they can only listen to from your wallet, but mm. they'll look, look at Jim. Like he's collecting all these sick things, you know, like, Oh you know? yeah. All right. And everybody wants to come out and listen to, right. 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 Okay. So they're kind of like a playlist in that space. So how many, how many other artists are, 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 are in this, uh, space how many how many other uh, independents do you do you run into how big's the market right now the market is small it's very small it's okay. um i would say there's i would say there's less than a thousand artists that are wow. like in the world that are doing you know i don't know that are making a full living out of it i would say less than 50. Honestly, wow. maybe, maybe less like that are making like a good, you know, full full time living that they don't yeah. have to worry, you know. Yeah. Um, but other than that, there's a lot of artists that, you know, put out music and both they do it both on Spotify. They do the regular thing. And um, but yeah, it's it's super small. Uh, I mean, I think people are still making that transition. You know, they they have to understand that they have total freedom when it comes to using the blockchain for your music. And that's a concept that we're not very familiar with as artists. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we're scared of it as well. Like, oh my God, all this freedom, uh, it's all up to me. What am I going to do? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, it's such a, I, I mean, you just rattled off another three hours of podcast there in that paragraph. <laughs> Um, cause it is so early in this space and there's still a lot of technical jumps, you know, technical hurdles for people to get over. But I, th but what the, the sovereignty of it all fascinates me, the direct connection between the listener and the artist fascinates me. I mean, I've seen it, um, over here on the Bitcoin side, you know, with artists like, um, Joe Martin and Gus Loud and man like Quex and and my daughter um and then um when you run into run head first into like the announcement of uh, umg and bit and uh TikTok the other day and right. this, this spotify backlash that is growing um i have never been more excited about the industry than i am now and i and after listening to that last paragraph from you 
I completely understand why you don't put your stuff up on Spotify because you, it would it would water down the value of the NFT. People would be like, well, why the hell would I? Why the hell would I would, would I buy it? You know. I mean, you could. I don't think there's. A, I think there could be some value, right? If you um, wanted to put your music on spot. But by the way, I agree with you. Like that's been my reason why I haven't put my music out on Spotify, because for the time being, it would dilute the value. It would water it down, and you would be like, you know why would i buy this if i can if anyone can listen to it the reality is that anyone could listen to the music on my marketplace freely or on pair radio or whatever i don't want to align with spotify's way of operating at the moment i disagree with it it's like when you're vegetarian you know and you i don't want to eat or vegan they caught the music I am and not I mcdonald's damn it my friend tony parisi he uh or was it somebody well someone was saying the music nft artists are like the vegans of web3 because <laughs> they're so like, outraged and they just do things out of principle you know their moral grounds are very high i'm like that i'm the worst pretty radical i'm like i don't want to align with them but i don't judge anyone who wants God. to do both because like if you become huge on spotify and for some reason, you manage to funnel people you find on Spotify back to your NFTs, then, okay, that would be yeah. great. But nobody's really managed to do it yet. So, yeah. well, now what? So, what's a common criticism that you hear about um, as a musician with respect to getting in the space or just from the general public? Like, what, what's a common criticism that you hear about Ethereum and NFTs? And, and how do you overcome it? What's, what's your response to it? Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, misinformation, actually, especially when you speak to people that are not familiar with blockchain at all. Um, you know, one of the biggest things is it's bad for the environment. You know, that's something that, yeah, I know. People oh, really, give me a break. I know, give me a break. Well, there's, yeah, I mean, if there, I understand, you know, there's so many things that are bad for the environment, you know, like, Living, living on the planet is bad for the environment. Yes, a lot of and things. I, and and I, I mean, I wrote my master's thesis on sustainability and environmentalism, so I'm I'm pro sustainability and saving the environment. But um, anyways, I digress. Keep going. Yeah, that's one of the things, and then of course the scams. You know, NFTs are a scam. Uh, why do we have to do this? You know, if you if you try to onboard, so to speak, your normal fans. Um, because I had some from my previous, you know, my time before Web3, uh, I managed to onboard one person out of like almost 200,000 followers that I had in the other platforms. One person uh, took the time to learn and download a wallet and buy some NFTs and uh, buy some Ethereum. So the, the barrier to entry is pretty high. Also, you know, there's just not a lot of education. And I find I find a lot of like you know, just misinformation in general. Also, like in the Bitcoin community, sometimes, you know, there's a lot of resistance um, towards NFTs and stuff. And I really think it's because um, there's just, there isn't that depth of knowledge to mm -hmm. what NFTs can do. Um, mm -hmm. Not just as a, you know, I don't really see them as a financial thing. It's, it's a way to authenticate something that nowadays, like it's the best way to authenticate 
a provenance of something. You know what I mean? Like it's got a timestamp. It's yeah. got, you know, a wallet that it's coming from and it can't be counterfeit. It cannot. So, yeah. Yeah. I uh, just for the sake of transparency, like I own a very, very small amount of Ethereum and I'm, you know, 99.99% Bitcoin. Right. Yeah. Um, and you Most know, my, yeah, yeah. And that's, and, and I still, uh, and I have a lot to learn about the space, but I'm so excited to have you on because I, uh, as far as independent musicians go, like I have to remain, uh, agnostic for last lack of a better term. I just want to see you guys succeed because of all of these opportunities that you have out there. Um, but it is kind of funny for me, even though I'm only, you know, a year into this to continuously run into people who just badmouth um, Ethereum or NFTs and things like that. Um, whereas I, I can see in different segments of the economy that there's some, there's some legitimacy to them. Um, you know, for my day job, uh, last couple of years, I've been, been in the finance industry and, um, and I can see where NFTs are going to have a um, serious positive implication on uh, record owning. And, and I, I mean like your driver's license or the title to your house or an insurance, uh, you know, insurance policy, things like that because of uh, the originality to them. And, I, and um, so it, it always fascinates me when, when people kind of bash uh, the, the blockchain or the NFTs and you can tell that it's primarily because they don't have the knowledge of understanding what's going on it's um, also very technical still you know like the technical barrier is huge yeah. like you you can get scammed in no time uh you know any time like whenever you could click a bad link mm. and lose everything like that's a very real problem the ux and ui experience of pretty much every interface that we have available is still not very user-friendly, you know, for, for the general public. And so I see it like we're the very early days of the internet uh, when computers were not user-friendly. And then one day yeah. people will be using the blockchain without even knowing that they're using the, the blockchain, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. My, my wife and I met at a dot-com in 1999. No. Right? Yeah. Way back when. Back in, oh my back, God. In the, back in the old days when we That's all had... We all had dial-up. That's um, crazy. You know, so like to her and I, to she and I, as we're talking about this and learning and discovering and and you know and, and teaching our daughter about it and trying to protect her sovereignty and all the rights and everything, like we continuously compared this to what we experienced in the late '90s with with Netscape and AOL and dial-up modems and all that kind of stuff. Like you, you keep running into that type of stuff. Uh, but I think that that's a good segue into ordinals here um, on the Bitcoin side. So tell it because I, I again um, I saw you last time I saw you. I think there was a conversation going on at Bitcoin Park about ordinals. So what where where are you in that process, and what is your passion or you know or or concerns uh, about uh, Bitcoin ordinals and music? Yeah, I I'm so excited about being able to. Um, put music on chain, like directly on chain, because we have to also um, acknowledge the fact that when you mint an NFT on Ethereum, 99% of the times 
the content, like the actual data of the of your NFT is not going to be on chain. But it's going to live on IPFS or Airwave. And these are decentralized uh, file storage servers um, that are very safe, very solid and secure. However, the token itself only displays the metadata embedded in a link that points to IPFS. So the content itself, if I mint a song on Ethereum, the song is not living on Ethereum. It's living on IPFS, but this token points to the IPFS storage. Okay. So putting data on chain on Ethereum is really expensive and the file size limitations are very, very significant. Um, and with inscriptions, so basically ordinals, ordinals is not really inscriptions. Ordinals is like an inscription is simply putting your data on chain. And you could do that as well before ordinals came out. Um, but the ordinals theory is really a way to uh, make Satoshis non-fungible, right? So the creator of ordinal numbered Satoshis with ordinal numbers. And so they have provenance and they have rarity you know obviously the earlier ones have more value uh you can track the ones that came from satoshi nakamoto's wallet you know and those have a special value because they're like you know very unique and yeah. they have provenance there's different rarity within the sets so what is exciting to me is that i can use um the native properties of bitcoin to enhance my art by picking a specific sat that comes from a time maybe where something special happened to me or has special properties to it and link connect a song that you know has that meaning too to that specific set and have it live immutably on chain right because i can put a full song on it and it's going to cost me less than on ethereum and i put it on a canvas that has a meaning right because nfts like you can just create a token out of the blue you know, and it doesn't necessarily have any provenance itself, except the one you give to this token. On ordinals, you're just in linking things to Satoshis that would exist anyway. So the value proposition is like, I have my song attached to a piece of Bitcoin. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Uh, and that's pretty cool. Like having something engraved on a coin, right? That's never gonna disappear. So I think that's pretty exciting. I, I'm going to be fascinated to see where that goes because right now, as I'm sure you know, like <clears throat> so many people, some of these songs that that are popping up on on Wave Lake or Ellen Beats or um, on the you know the different podcasts that we yeah. do, they're all they're all sitting in RSS in RSS feeds, right? Right. So I'm curious if there's going to be an intersection uh, on that. Do, do you know anything about that, or do you have any insight into it? I don't know very much, um, you know, I'll, I don't know a lot about that, but I do know that um, putting a song, like inscribing a song on chain on Bitcoin is a little bit difficult. Uh, and that's kind of the complexity I was touching on earlier. Although mm -hmm. the concept itself is easier to grasp because you're just like, yeah, I'm just putting it on chain, connected to a specific set, that's it. You know, there's no code. Really, uh, there's no smart contract that's complicated and need to be coded. Also from the security standpoint, uh, there's no smart contract that can be buggy or malicious, right? But it's, you're just putting a song on chain. Um, 
you have file size limitations. Obviously, per block, it's four megabytes, right? And uh, the, mm. the tools, okay. that we, yeah, with the tools that we have, you can only really inscribe up to 400 kilobytes. So imagine having a full song uh, that's only 400 kilobytes. Like, that's so small, right? Maybe you want to put art to it as well. It's so small. So you have to work with compression. It's very, very, like, it can be complicated. And, yeah. And yeah, there might, I mean, you, you might, technically, you might lose some audio quality or, you know. Yeah, you have to be very smart how you do it. Uh, I managed to do it because I'm an acoustic singer-songwriter, so, and... I'm sorry, my phone fell. Um, and also, like, I have this, you know, my genre is a little bit retro as well. So we were able to embrace the lo-fi and almost, like, purposely do it lo-fi in a way that would fit under 400 kilobytes with artwork attached as well. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know if that would work for, with every artist. You could use recursion, which is, you know, making different inscriptions and then recombining them through code, like very complicated, you know what I mean? That yeah. not every artist would want to get into all the technicalities yet. You know what do, I mean? Do you uh, plan on putting your music up into um, the Bitcoin space, you know, like um, like Wavelake or Ellen Beats or, or self-hosting uh, on the RSS side? Because there's an instantaneous um, payment, you know, like, you know, what we're, we're going to, uh, you know, we started off the show with one of your songs. We're going to end the show with one of your songs. And as people are listening to the interview or listening to the songs, they can send you right away via, via lightning, uh, you know, a, a payment. Do, do you foresee uh, incorporating that into your business model in, in, at all or anytime soon? So I've, I've looked at it and um, I think it's a great, you know, it's, uh, I've looked at Wave Lake especially. Um, I think it's a great way for people to tip, you know, and support artists that they, that they appreciate. But I'm, I'm almost like, I don't, I'm very much about ownership. You know, I'm very much about like re-education of people and taking the artists taking control over how much they get for their songs, you know what I mean? And for their art. So um, with things like Wave Lake, it's still like, I'm gonna put up my song, you know, for free. And then it's up to the other person to choose if they wanna tip me, you know what I mean? Whereas mm -hmm. I'm very much about, this is my price. You want it? This is, this is what you're gonna have to pay. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which is, yeah. yeah, right. Which is like something that artists are not really able to do on Spotify, right? Spotify decides for us how much we get paid uh, on Wave Lake, which is you know so much better than Spotify because you leave it up to the consumer, which is already a big step forward. But it's still up to the consumer, right? Um, whereas I feel like artists have power um, to say, "This is my price, and if you want to buy it, this is going to be the price." And succeed i believe that you know well fair fair and and you're proving that it that it works because uh, you're doing this full time and you're traveling all over the world um i mean basically what you're talking about in the bitcoin space or in the wave lake space or rss feeds whatever you want to call it um is you're talking about the, you know two key philosophies there one is value for value which adam curry uh really has been 
preaching for 16 years, which is, you know, if you, if you ask people for a donation, um, you know, you, you just gotta, you, you gotta put the ask out and, and it should come back in many respects. You know, it's like if, if they see you, uh, playing on the, on the, you know, on the plaza there and, and they throw, you know, a couple of euros, a couple of bucks in your, in your, uh, guitar case it's, it's the same theory or uh you know if i ask for a donation to this show um you know value for value it's it's the same theory um it's that giving economy and then the other part of it is uh the mindset of a thousand true fans which i think you really have embraced like you don't need um as as wonderful as it would be to travel the world and play stadiums and play arenas the, the reality is you don't really need that. Like you can have a thousand true fans who are buying into your Ethereum or a thousand true fans who are buying into your Bitcoin or, or um, you know, some of the other social media, uh, God, I'm, the, the word escapes me. Um, campaigns. Yeah. You know, yeah. you don't need tens of thousands of fans to have a great career in this. It's, you know, it's wonderful in that regard. Um, oh yeah, but, I mean, actually, I think it's it's uh, you know not every artist wants to have that stadium career, or not every artist wants to put up yeah. with what it takes to get to that point. But they still have the right to be heard uh, and to have an opportunity. So what I'm trying to do is to establish a recognized um, alternative route for an artist that wants to make music but doesn't fit in with the traditional ways of doing things. And another thing is, you know, we all love, um, you know, decentralization, especially in, in the Bitcoin space and in the Web3 blockchain space in general, peer to peer is a big thing, right? Like yeah. having transactions, trustless transactions between peers is a pillar of our, our ethos um, in Web3. And so, Another thing about, you know, I want to be able to be the one who people come to to listen to my music. I don't want people to go to a third party platform to access me. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So yeah. that's another, another reason why I'm not on other platforms, uh, even Web3 streaming, because it's a third party facilitate. It's like using an exchange, you know what I'm mean? keeping your Bitcoin in exchange instead of your, your own wallet. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's that kind yeah, of thing. Sure. So, um, yeah. which is fine for some, it's fine for some, of course. But for me, I believe in that peer to peer, like directness, uh, not using middlemen, so to speak, or middle tools. So. Yeah, fair. And, and you have standards and you are living by them and you are succeeding by them. So kudos. I think that's, uh, I think that's admirable. Um, Thank you. There's a lot of, yeah, of course. And, and, you know, there's a lot of conversations on the back end right now. Uh, Cause when you, when you post your music into this, into these RSS feeds or, or, you know, um, wave lake or things like that, like th there's a lot, there's a, there's a community of, of app developers and engineers and everybody's like, well, how much should we charge for hosting? You know, how much should we charge for metrics? How much is too much? We want to, make sure that the artist gets the lion's share of the uh 
you know, of the SATs that are coming in. We do not want to uh, present in any way, shape, or form uh, what the music I industry has replicated, you know, for the past hundred years, going all the way back to the days of sheet music. Uh, we don't want to replicate the the way um, you know Spotify and, and iTunes and Deezer and whatnot makes artists feel. So there's a there's it is so fascinating and fun and rewarding to be uh, seeing those conversations uh, happen on the back end with respect to splits um, and yeah. you know and and how much people are taking and but you have gone uh, a, a not a different route but uh, maybe a more purist route you know in, in terms of, yeah. uh, of well, you see, I want to show I want to show all the possibilities like we all know that we can use platforms and there's always going to be tech people and engineers and business entrepreneurs creating platforms for people to use but i think the blockchain empowers individuals and oh, yeah. i don't want I, I don't want us to forget that i don't want to forget that myself and i want to take full advantage and i want to show what is like the purest you know sort of like you said the most purest way of doing it and that's an option and you can and yeah. so you have options to choose from, you know, and it doesn't matter that you have to go one way or another or stick to one and never change. You can swing left and right as much as you want. You're a free person. But I want to show what what it looks like to do it uh, fully, fully independently, you know? Yeah. I have, in, in addition to really enjoying your music, and I can't remember if I said it during the show or, or in the green room beforehand, but I, you know, you remind me of Katie Malua and Diana Krall, and um, I love your voice. I love your guitar playing, um, and I and I have a uh, I have a lot of respect for you for for what you're doing and what you're going Thank what you. you're going through. Yeah, I mean, I just you know, I've owned in addition to being a musician and having toured and things like that, um, I've owned a couple of my own businesses in the white collar world and and i always have a, a tremendous amount of respect for for true entrepreneurs such as yourself who are like you know fuck it hell or high water i am gonna figure this out and i'm gonna and i'm gonna do it and for you to to have gotten this far and to be living off of it um congratulations i have a lot of respect for you um i i think it's great um yeah so tell me uh, all right so like what, one of my last questions here um, where would, uh, w where should an artist start if they want to replicate what you're doing, if they've got a record, if they've got five songs and they're like, Violetta, where the hell do I go? What do I do? What step? <laughs> um, so I would really recommend, you know, um, I guess like obviously ordinals is a very pure way of preserving your music because it's going to be immutable it's going to be on bitcoin which is you know the number one blockchain the most solid ecosystem but i would say starting on um other chains like eth might be cheaper you know might be a little bit easier because there's more um there's more inspiration you can get from other people that are doing it so someone who has five songs like i did i would say follow me on twitter Come to my spaces. I do music spaces every day, quite literally every wow. day of the week. I've got one in a couple hours. 
Um, and I've helped a lot of artists just kind of get started and we have these conversations every day. Um, and then, yeah, I would just say, do your research quite literally, download a MetaMask wallet or a Phantom wallet, uh, buy a little bit of ETH, purchase one cheap NFT to see what it feels like. Um, and then literally hang around the community on Twitter because that's where we are. Tune into spaces, show us your music. You know, like the great thing is that, yes, we're using a third party platform, X, Twitter, whatever, which is really buggy and we all hate it. But it is the best platform to talk about this stuff, crypto and everything. We don't get banned or botted like we do on Twitter, right? <laughs> so I would say <laughs> come yeah. on Twitter, hang out with us. And, and participate, tell us who you are. Like people wanna connect with you. That's the greatest thing about the Web3 music system is that people wanna know who you are. And if they're gonna buy your stuff, they may not even like your music. They might believe in you. They might like you. I've had people that literally bought, I don't know, dozens of my NFTs and told me to my face, You're, I would have never listened to your music. Your music is not my kind of music, but I believe in what you're doing. So yeah. I'll buy 30 of your NFTs. So that's another thing. Really put yourself out there, you know? Yeah. I, I will say to anybody who's curious about um, these uh, business ideas and these, these income streams, you have to take two things into consideration. And if you do not take these into consideration, you're not going to succeed. Um, number one, I don't care what platform you're on, what cryptocurrency you follow. Um, this really is the beginning stages and you're going to see um, websites come and go. You're going to see technology come and go. You're going to, you know, it's not going to be perfect everywhere, everywhere. And um, you have to have patience for that. that. And that goes back to like what you and I were talking about, about the dawn of the internet. Right. And, and, and that's why my wife and I are like, oh, this is easy. It just reminds us of, you know, I am.com in, in the late nineties. Right. So, so number one is have patience for the technology. Um, patience number, also really work hard, work a lot. Yeah. Well, and, that, <laughs> and, and, and number two would be uh, engage in the community. I mean, I am amazed at the people that I have run into in the Bitcoin space and the music space with respect to Wave Lake and all the podcasts and, and all of the other podcast hosts and everybody like that. Like, this it's so new to everybody it's such a ground floor for everyone that everybody is so excited and they're so willing to help each other out and ask questions um and and people i believe maybe maybe this is just the old uh, musical hippie in me um, but people are inherently good people want to help people want to um you know that they they understand the value in, in helping other people, and they feel and they feel good when they help other people. So, um, you know, ask for help, ask questions, get engaged, and uh, that that's the second point. The first one being it technology's buggy. Get over it. It'll get better. That's just the way it works. Because it's buggy, people will be very willing to help because yeah. they they know it's not silly to ask for help. I would also add, if you're a new musician coming in or anyone really looking into blockchain, do not click any links <laughs> because they're 90. I would say like, I want to scare people about this because I've witnessed people lose tens of thousands of dollars 
because they've clicked something that was bad and they thought it was good mm. um, without verifying. So just pretend that every link that is sent to you is a scam and it's going to drain your wallet. I, that's what I like to say because there's never too much security. Uh, you know, there's never too much attention. And the moment you really learn, it's because you've gotten scammed. Like yeah. literally someone lost about a hundred of my moonshot NFTs the other day because oh. someone accessed their wallet. Yeah. And so, yeah, don't click links. They're going to steal your stuff and there's no way to recover it. That's another thing about the blockchain. There's no way to recover it. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, Violetta, thank you so much. No, thank you. I'm, yeah. I'm so we did this. Yeah. So this is going to go up on Monday. This will be the business hour and you're going to send me a couple of songs that we can bookend uh, the show with. And I would love to, I mean, I, I'm sure I'll bump into you around town uh, here pretty soon, but um, I would love to follow up with you. Maybe we do this again, like in about six or seven months and kind of check in and see what's up and see where you've been meeting your fans around the world. And um, I, I, I know you said you got you're going to Europe coming up here in a couple of weeks. What, what you got going on over there? Are you doing some shows? Yeah. So I'm, um, I'm going to NFT Paris. Uh, oh, cool. there's, yeah, there's a conference there and, uh, I'm, I'm sponsored by Polygon, the Polygon blockchain, uh, Ethereum, yeah, Ethereum sidechain. They're, uh, fly me out to do a show for them. And then I'm going to Italy to see my family a little bit. I might head over to the UK um as well um and then i have i'm going to south by southwest because i'm oh, hosting nice. yeah so hosting a panel an official south by southwest panel on this like this exact conversation pretty much Good. Uh, and then i have nft nft new york in april there's just yeah there's just a lot a lot Man. of going on <laughs> yeah all right L last question because um if it's not barbecue in, in Nashville, it is hard to find decent food. You, uh, coming from the beautiful country of Italy, I'm sure you have found a better than average Italian restaurant in Nashville. It is hard to find decent food in Nashville. Wow. <laughs> right? Now, you know, like, and I know I've been to Italy. I love it over there. The food does not compare like you can't even uh, american the, the american version of italian food doesn't even come close to like hanging out in como or hanging out in milan doesn't even come close mm -hmm. but i need a good recommendation from you for the best italian restaurant in nashville yeah um i have to say nashville is pretty well supplied with good italian and really? yes a hundred percent great pizza yeah. Like amazing pizza. Um, I can like, come on. I mean, anybody can do pizza. You would be surprised. <laughs> you would be like, I swear, the way they make pizza abroad sometimes is better than the pizza I would find in my hometown. Because I'm from like a northern town in Italy, and pizza's from Naples, it's from the south. So yeah. like they slack when they make pizza, they slack. <laughs> it's weird. So, whereas the people that make pizza abroad, I lived in Germany. I found the best pizza of my oh, life. Yeah. And in, in, in Nashville, you have people from Naples because Americans like, you know, if, if they're going to charge, you know, a pizza is like $20, you know, mm. a pizza in Italy is like five, yeah. you know? What I mean? So yeah. 
you're going to charge. It better be good. So I would recommend Bella Napoli at Edge Hill. Uh, okay. I'm writing this down, as you yeah. can see. Bella Napoli is great, and I, I believe their other Italian stuff is great. And they're really Italian. They're authentic. And then okay. Il Forno, uh, Wedgwood, Houston, Il Forno, I-L-F-O-R-N-O. Yep. That, that was good. And then just for pizza, DeSano is also good in Germantown. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I've heard of that one too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you got plenty of options. Okay. And yeah. I, I, I'm still looking for somebody in this town who can make a decent eggplant parmesan. And it's a goddamn crime that I have. It, might, it might be me, to uh, be honest. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, the family's coming over for dinner. All right. We'll see there you in a couple go. hours. So. There you go. <laughs> hey, thank you so much again for coming on the show. This will go up on uh, Monday, and um, uh, we'll take it out with one of your songs and uh, stick around for a second in the in uh, on the back end green room, and we'll wrap it up. Cool. Awesome. Perfect. Hey, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. You bet. When I'm feeling blue You got a reputation Papa don't approve You play with my emotions But you go down smooth I kinda wanna be myself with you I need some affection Take me home tonight We could have sex Or talk about our lives It's almost time for breakfast Here's some fruity loose I kinda wanna chill right here with you Cause we're perfect Oh
beat is Sugar by Violetta Zeroni. And the song that you heard at the beginning of the show was Moonshot, which both of them you can purchase if you go to her uh, marketplace. You can purchase in the Ethereum NFT space. And I, I'm so thrilled that she came on the show and talked uh, to us about this today. Definitely want to have her back in about six or seven months to check in and see how things are going. I absolutely adore both of those songs and the arrangement and the production. They remind me of Nat King Cole, Love Is The Thing, you know, that record that he did at Capitol uh, with that beautiful string section. And I hope you can all appreciate that I didn't uh, add a uh, heavy music bumper to take us out of the show. Uh, So thank you all very much for listening to the Phantom Power Business Hour. Don't forget to uh, send over some uh, zaps and some boosts over to Violetta and myself if you dig this show. And if you have any questions, reach out to us on uh, Telegram or on Noster, uh, on Twitter, you know, all those social places, except for TikTok. We are not on TikTok. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day, everybody. Take care.